If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 27. This is a very short verse I'm going to read you today, but I want to give you a little background. Uh, Matthew chapter 27 uh, talks mainly about the, uh, I guess you'd call it the trial of Jesus uh, as he was uh, being tried by Pilate, that uh, Pilate didn't find anything wrong with him. You know, I think that's an important thing. That's not what I want to, want to talk to you about today, but it's important to know that in every situation that Jesus encountered someone that was going to judge him, they found him innocent. Uh, that none of the charges that were brought against him stood, stood any ground. But we're going to read Matthew chapter 27 and verse 18. And this is a... Uh, this scripture is in reference to Pilate. When you so when you read this, you'll know it says, "For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him." Now, like I said, that's Pilate they're, that they're talking about. It's talking about that Pilate came to the realization that he understood that the Jews wanted to persecute Jesus all out of envy. Now, what is it that they envied about Jesus? You know, the Word tells us that Jesus was meek and lowly. It tells us that He didn't even have a place to lay His head. He didn't have a house. He didn't have possessions. He he had nothing in terms of material wealth. So what possibly could the Jews envy about Jesus? Well, we're going to get into that today. I want you to understand that Wealth is not everything, but uh, sometimes as Christians, and you know, it's, it definitely by the example Jesus set, we come into positions of popularity and power and influence that some people may envy us for that. And you know, Jesus had a tremendous impact on people. Everywhere he went, he talked. People heard him, and they. They were impacted by His words. Because everything He spoke was just truth, and He spoke with power and authority. And these people that were trying to condemn Jesus to death realized that when He spoke to people, these people that at one time had followed them and hung on every word they said, now these people had turned from them and and were believing something else. You know, there was a time that the Jewish priests were as powerful as any other form of leadership in the government. There was a time when they had, if not more, sometimes more power over the people than the, you know, I don't know what they called the their leaders then, but governors or presidents, whatever you want to refer to them as. The priests had more power. Not only did they have power of influence over people, but they also controlled the money of the church. And were many times, uh, I don't know, you could probably say that they took advantage of that. If you do some reading, especially, and one, one chapter I want to point out to you is Matthew chapter 23. If you do some reading there, you'll find that... <clears throat> There were a lot of instances where Jesus 
made them look foolish. There were many instances where he even, in fact, called them fools. He called them blind, and he called them uh, a, a, a brood of vipers. He called them a lot of things. This influence, they, they could see this influence they had over people starting to wane. Because he pointed out nothing but truth. And when he would speak, they would, they would try to trick him into saying things that would ruin his testimony, that would ruin the impact he had on people. But every time they did that, he knew what the intent of their heart was. He knew what they were trying to do, and he even probably knew what they were going to say before they said it. And because of that, and because of what he spoke was nothing but the truth, he was able to make them look like idiots in front of these people that at one time had great respect for him. Now let me tell you, you want somebody to envy you, it doesn't just start because you've got something nice. That envy comes from a place, and I want to let you know today that envy can probably be best defined with two other words, and that's jealousy and covetous. You know, the Word tells us in one of the Ten Commandments that thou shalt not covet Whatever, thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's servant. But when you start desiring what somebody else has, and you start to become jealous of them, you know, those things don't just come because, like I said, somebody drove up in a nice car. That comes because, first of all, there's bitterness in your heart. It comes from a place that is not holy. And we're talking about people today and this time that were supposed to be the example of holiness. We're talking about the priests, the ones that are supposed to be leading these people in the proper path that God had laid down in His Word. But because they had been so entrenched into living a way that was not holy, because they, they kind of got a hold of some things that they really liked to have, and they started seeing them being taken away, they started seeing Jesus make fools of them because of what they were doing. That breeds some bitterness in their heart. And what that does then, because of that bitterness, you start desiring what that person has. So Jesus had something that they didn't. How many of y'all know somebody that has envy for someone else? You know, every time I've ever seen that, and you know, I'm not going to stand up here and tell y'all today that I've never envied somebody. But every time I've ever seen that envy come out in someone, it ain't because they want what they have. That, that possession is, is nothing. And what did Jesus have? Jesus didn't have anything materially, but he had, he had the respect of these people. He had power over them. He had influence. And that's what they wanted, but it's not really because they wanted this influence, it's because they didn't want him to have it. And that's usually what it boils down to with envy. It usually boils down to just this bitterness that I told you about is, is built up in your heart. And it ain't got nothing to do with what they have. It's just because you don't want them to have it. 
Because you know when they have it, it makes you look less important. I know this ain't a typical Mother's Day message today, guys, but bear with me. There's, there's some good stuff here. <clears throat> so let's look at what, like I just told you, you know, the things that Jesus had was this power and popularity and influence. You know, there was something about Jesus that He didn't mind telling somebody how it was. You know, I don't think Jesus would ever just insult somebody for the fun of insulting them. No, when He was correcting these Pharisees and Sadducees in Mark, uh, Matthew 23 that I told you about, it was because they were doing wrong, but not just because they were doing wrong. He wouldn't just publicly condemn someone like that. It's because they were hypocrites. Because they were telling people to live a certain way, and they weren't doing that themselves. Now, the reason why He would do that is not only to correct them, but to show other people that look. In fact, if you read Matthew 23, you'll see there's even a place where He says, do what they tell you to do, but don't do as they do. Because they're telling the right thing, but they're not living it. Now, why am I I telling you that? You know, I have to be real careful sometimes because I almost feel sometimes that I get off topic. But it never fails the times that I feel like I'm off topic. God will bring it back around. Now, listen. The reason why they had envy for Jesus was because of the example He set. Was because they were they were losing support. And they knew that this small group of people that was following Him now was going to grow. They knew there's going to come a point where if they weren't careful, they're going to lose everything they had. But what I want you to see today, ask yourself a question. Do people envy you? You say, why does that matter? Because there there was a certain testimony about Jesus' life. There was a certain way people looked at Him. There was a certain respect, whether you liked Him or not, that you had to have. Because of what He stood for, because there was nothing, there was no deception in Him. Everything about Him was just as you see it. And people felt one way or the other, either they didn't like Him or they loved Him. Are you living that kind of life? Look, this, that's what it all boils down to. Are you living the kind of life for God that people envy you because they see something that you have that they want? Because, you know, it may just be the power and influence because I promise you, if there is enough Jesus in you, you're going to have influence over people. If there is enough Jesus in you, there is going to be a certain respect people have for you, whether they like you or not. If there is enough Jesus in you, if you're living your life in the manner that is pleasing to God, that you're striving to do His will in your life, you're going to rub some people the wrong way. 
There is going to be opposition to you. And I want you to know today that if, if you encounter no opposition, it's because you're not pursuing a life that's godly. Because a godly life is in direct contradiction to a worldly life. If no one ever questions you about your beliefs, if nobody ever tells you, man, you're crazy. If nobody ever looks at you and says, man, I wish I had what that guy has. You're doing something wrong. Because, listen, every aspect of Jesus' life is an example for us. Even this example here where, where these people envied Him. And that's why they wanted to put Him to death. Yet one more reason. If you're not living that kind of life where people envy you, you've missed out on something. You've missed out on uh, some of the goodness that God has to offer. Because if people look at you and say, glad I ain't that person. What's the point of being a Christian? What's the, you know, it ain't about material things, people. I'm not here talking about wealth today. I'm not talking about something that because I've got this new job and I'm making, you know, $3,000 a week. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. That it's all it's all pointless. But I want you to know that when you're living a godly life and you start to see blessings come into your life, there ought to be somebody looking at you saying, why is it that guy's always got something good happening to him? And you know, if they're not doing it, it may be because you're not telling them about it. We need to be singing the praises of God. Now, I'm not talking about singing songs. I'm talking about you need to be letting people know how God has blessed you. And that ain't just to rub their face in it. I'm not up here today telling you that we should be trying to make people envious by rubbing their face in it and causing them to sin. I'm trying to tell you that if, if you're telling people about what God has done in your life, envy is just going to come from it. You know, there aren't many times that you'll hear somebody say that Having a closer walk with God is going to cause other people to sin. But all I'm telling you is the example Jesus set. Because of His life, because of the impact, people were envious of Him. People wanted to be like Him. People wanted to have the same influence He had. I'm not telling you to live that way to cause people to sin. I'm just telling you live that way. When you live that way, it ain't your problem then. The good thing about what we possess as Christians, unlike worldly possessions, is that those people that are envious of you can have it just as well as you can. Freely. Given to them. They don't understand that. You know, there are some things in this world that are spiritually discerned. 
There's some things you won't understand until you get on the other side. So, what I want you to take from this today is to understand that, listen, that envy I'm talking about, you may not, as a non-Christian, understand why it is you're envious of somebody that's a Christian. But when you accept Jesus and you uh, are filled with the Spirit, you begin to you begin to see things from a different point of view. And you start to understand then that, listen, I am blessed. I am a child of the King. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. I'm part of His inheritance. I'm, I'm taking part in that. I have a reason to be proud. Listen, I'm not talking about the kind of pride that would say, look at me. I'm talking about the kind of pride that would tell you, Listen, I have a reason to be thankful. I have a reason to jump and shout. I have a reason to not care that you're envious of me because I know who I am in Christ. When you get to that point, you start to see God is moving in my life. You start to see then that I want to be closer to God so that more people will envy what I have. They'll they'll begin to desire it. Now listen, sometimes people don't know what it is they want. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever had this feeling that you want something but you just don't know what it is? I have that a lot of times around uh, supper time. I know I'm hungry. I just don't know what I want. It's the same way in your spiritual life. Listen, there's people in this world that try to fill themselves with anything they can find to to meet that need. Have you ever said, well, I'm hungry, I don't know what I want, I guess I'll have a bowl of cereal. And you go have that bowl of cereal and you're like, that ain't what I wanted. I really wanted some pancakes or, you know, whatever. It's the same way with, with people in this world. Listen, they're all looking for something. I've told you this before. I heard a man describe it as, the, as people have a God-sized and God-shaped hole in their heart. And you can throw everything this world has to offer into that hole and it'll never, it'll never match up. It'll never fill the hole. You ever seen one of the things that kids have with the different shapes? And you try to put it in there, you got to get the right shape in the right hole. It's the same way with God. Listen, if you put anything else in it, you'll never fill that hole up. But when you put God in it, that hole will be full. You'll, you'll realize then after the fact, man, this is the thing I've been looking for all my life. When I was looking at Him and I began to envy Him because of what I saw in His life, because of the influence He had over people, because of the impact He had when He talked, because of what people looked at Him, and I envied that. I wanted that in my life. After they received Jesus, they understand that it wasn't Him. It wasn't what He had that I saw, the the impact of it. Was, it was what He had inside that I really wanted. And I didn't even know it. Listen, God moves in ways we can't understand. You may, you may figure one out every now and then. But there's so many ways God can move. Don't, 
don't cut yourself short and decide that I'm not going to talk to this person today or I'm not going to share my blessings with this person today. I told you all a while back that I started writing down my blessings because I know how my mind works. A week later, I'll forget. It's good to look back on them a few months later and see all the things God's done. But when you can start to tell somebody about it, you know, I walked into a guy's office at work one day and I said, man, let me tell you how God has been blessing me. And it probably took me 30 minutes to describe all these details about what God had done in my life. And you know, I still haven't seen the result of what kind of impact that had. I may see it 10 years from now, I don't know. But I guarantee you it had an impact. When, when you can tell somebody all these different circumstances that took place, and you tell them, look, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and you can draw a picture for them and show them how God is moving in your life. It's easy for somebody to dismiss a miracle. But when you can give them one proof after another of how God is moving, what God is doing, listen, there's going to come a time where they're going to say, I wish I had a little bit of what He's got. Why is it that every time I turn around, I've got problems, but every time He turns around, He's getting blessed? That don't mean I don't have problems, but if you're telling everybody all your problems all day, and none of the blessings, why would they want to be a Christian? If you're not living some sort of example, I'm not telling you to falsify the facts. I'm telling you, you might want to focus on some different facts. You might want to find some things that that are worth something to somebody besides just your problems.